Hey guys, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to thank you for tuning in to our sermon today. At TC, we exist to see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. Good morning, TC. Let's get it for Jesus all across this place. Come on. And while we got our hands going, man, let's give it up for all those that joined us yesterday at the meal packing. We packed over 75,000 meals to go to the Dominican Republic. And some of our brothers that are from the organization are here. Man, shout out to you guys. Thank you all so much for being with us. We are so pumped about today. Today's going to be like one of those uh, one-off sermons. It's not a part of a series because uh, today I want to talk to you about the first. Turn your neighbor, neighbor said the first. All right, I'm going to ask you to do that a few times. So one more time, turn to your second choice. You just neglected on the other side of you, right? And say the first, all right? And, uh, and so we're, we're dealing with the first. And me and my wife, Ashley, uh, we love going on date nights. Uh, and so we, one of the places we frequent often is a sushi restaurant. And so I remember we went there right after they opened. And we, we walk in and uh, we order. And, you know, it was good, but not great. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And uh, so I was like you know, whatever. And they like asked us to fill out a survey. So I'm like, they, they, if you fill out a survey, you get a coupon. And my wife is a coupon queen. And so she was like, we're filling out that survey. I said, I got it. So I filled it out, but I'm honest on those surveys. All right. And so I was like, Hey, listen, dog, your sushi rolls are a little small. Your prices are a little high. Okay. Y'all need to sort that out. Um, and so the, the owner emailed me back and essentially was like, nah, bro, you're wrong. And I was like, all right, cool. Uh, but he also sent a coupon for 50% off. And so I was like, you know what? It's not that bad a sushi, honestly, because uh, half off sushi is better than full price good sushi. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Anyway, so I was like, let's do this. And so we started going and he said, you know, you can use it all you want. You can even share it with your friends. I was like, say less. And so every time I'd be in a conversation with someone like, yeah, we love going to that sushi restaurant. I'm like, hey, dog, let me send you this. It was digital. I was like, let me send you this. You can get 50% off. And so literally, I think 20 people in the church was using that thing at one point in time. Uh, and so everybody's just going in there. So they, the, recently, the restaurant sold to a new owner. And the new owner doesn't accept that coupon anymore. <laughs> Now, we didn't know that until we got there and ordered our food and ate it. And we were like, hey, we need to use this coupon. Like, I'm sorry, we have a new owner. They don't accept that coupon anymore. And I wanted to be like, I'm sorry. I didn't know that before I ordered all this food. So, um, so but how many guys know uh, we haven't been back since? I'm just being honest with you. Like, it was like one of those things that was like, there's other places that are better. It was just 50% off. You know, it's like you don't have to have the good stuff if it's cheap. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You got your you got your good pizza place you like and then you got your cheap pizza place that you like. Come on, help me out. Right. And so uh, I was like, all right, then we're just not we're, we're really not going to go back. And there's two things I want you to understand out of that story. One is this idea that I want everybody to be blessed. I truly want every person I know. It's like, if I find out that I got a deal that can help you out, I'm like, hey, dog, let me send this to you real quick. Like, I want everybody blessed. And today's message is, it comes from my heart from wanting you to understand that I truly want you to walk in a life of favor and blessing from God over your life. All right? The second thing that I want you to understand is how many guys know when the coupons stopped working, we quit going? Anybody in the house with me like that? Right? You keep on quitting. I was like, nah, we'll go somewhere else. Um, and here's the second thing that, you, that I want you to understand is that when generosity is removed, so is the connection. 
right? When generosity is removed, so is the connection. And I think for many of us, let's, let's move this into a personal world for just a second. For many of us, we're looking for something from God. But my question to you is, have you, have you severed the connection that's holding back God's generosity back towards you? And what I know is in life is that worry, anxiety, and fear are prevalent constantly. Am I right? If there's one thing that constantly kind of circles people, it's worry and anxiety, right? And, and it's so true because we can't control what we can't control. And what we can't control kind of freaks us out a little bit. Because how many of you are control freaks like me? All right? So whoever didn't raise your hand, you're the spouse of the person that raised their hand. All right? So, so luckily, God puts us together. All right? So, but... I'm a control freak. I, I need to have control. That means worry is, it happens occasionally in my life because I want to make sure life goes the way I want it to go. But the life doesn't always go the way we want it to go. And so, therefore, worry sets in. The problem with worry is worry can grow into something more. Matter of fact, we put it like this, and I read this in a study. Extensive worry about things in life can lead to extensive issues with anxiety. So let me put it to you like this. If you constantly live in a state of worry about the things you can't control, you could actually find yourself dealing with a mental health crisis of anxiety. So you could go from worry to being crippled by worry, right? And so what we want you to understand is that worry shouldn't own you, but worry and anxiety is actually a is an epidemic in our uh, culture and in our country right now. Anxiety is the most common mental health illness in the United States, affecting more than 40 million people right now. But the thing is, is we don't worry about the things we can control. We worry about the things we don't feel like we can control. And one of the biggest things that this shows up in is in our finances and in how God is taking care of us. If we were all honest, we feel a lot more comfortable when we're in charge than when we surrender to God being in charge. Help me out. Come on, anybody, anybody in that boat with me? Anybody ever had good suggestions for the Lord? <laughs> Come on, God, hear me out. I know you're all-knowing and all that stuff, but I have a really good bead on what's happening down here at ground level. And I feel like you should hear from, like, come on, y'all know what I'm talking about? But the reality is this, God is all-knowing, but he also lets us play a part in how the generosity goes back and forth between us and him. So here's the question I have for you. What if you had more influence over living a life of favor and blessing than you thought? What if you had more influence over living a life of favor and blessing than you actually thought? What if it's not a guessing game? What if, what if the Bible gives us an indication on how we can live a life of favor and blessing? Would we be interested in that? And I hope the answer is yes. So what does it look like to do it? Well, let me help you out today, and I want to show you some things as we walk through to get an understanding of what a life of favor and blessing looks like. Now, just to be clear, when I talk about favor and blessing, I'm not just talking about finances. I'm talking about favor. But how many guys know finances is part of favor? Right? So what, what we're talking about today, it is about finances, but it's not only about finances. It goes into every part of your life. How many guys would like to have an abundance of peace in your life? Right? How many guys would like to have an abundance of joy in your life? How many guys would like to have a decrease of anxiety in your life? How many guys would have a decrease of worry in your life? Well, that's what it means to have favor, right? Where God unlocks things. And so Matthew 6, 31 through 33 is where I want you to, we're going to go for a second. And he says this, Jesus says, do not worry. Okay, God, we have a problem out of the gate. Do not worry about what we'll eat or what we'll drink, what we're going to wear 
For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But, say these two words with me, seek first. Today I want to talk to you about the first. Seek first his kingdom. So before you seek all the things you want, before, the things, before you seek everything you need, before you seek anything else, he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And listen to me, all the things you're trying to obtain in your life, all the things you're fighting over, all the things you're worried about, all the things your anxieties wrap around, he says, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. And listen, all those things, what does that say? It'll just get added to you. So what if, what if you had more influence over your life of favor and blessing than you thought? What if it's not a game of chance? Now, we don't know the entire outcome, but we do have influence over it because the Bible gives us a clear picture of that. And so here's the first thing I want you to understand, right, is that what's first in our lives reveals our priority. What's first in our lives reveals our priority, right? So whatever you take care of first, whatever you think about first, that's your priority, so if your spouse is first in your life, your spouse is your priority, right? If your car is first in your life, your spouse is second. No, I'm just kidding. If your whatever is first in your life is your priority, whatever you look at first, whatever you care for first, listen, whatever you spend your money on, right? So I, we, could, we could go through all of your bank statements and know what your priorities are. Starbucks, Target, Starbucks, Target, Starbucks, Target, Starbucks, Target, Starbucks. So ladies, we've got y'all figured out. We don't need help, okay? <laughs> Guys, it's a, it could be, it's, it swings a little bit for you, all right? But, uh, but all that to say is your, whatever's first is priority in your life. And here's what we want you to understand today as we talk about favor, right? The first, what we want you to understand about talking about favor is that God isn't interested in your possessions. He's interested in your priorities, He's not interested in your possessions. So when we talk about tithing, when we talk about a generous life, listen, God doesn't need your money. God doesn't need anything from you. What he wants to know is where does he line up on your priority list? Seek first the kingdom. What is he interested in? He's not interested in getting something from you. He's interested in making sure that you're living a life where he's the priority, where the kingdom is the priority. So we walk in that. Leviticus 27.30, let's go there. It says, a tithe, say tithe. We're going to unpack that in just a second. Of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. Now, in an agricultural society that the Bible was written in, the grain and the fruit was the bartering tools by which they purchased things. And so what he's saying is whatever you plant, whatever your source is, whatever your income is, whatever you gather, whatever you have for your life that helps you live a life. Listen, those things, I want you to bring a tent to those things, right? Because those things belong to the Lord. And so we want to look at three ways that we can look at the first, say first, we want to look at three ways we can look at the first and we can understand what God wants for us and from us and all of those things. And the first thing we want to understand is that favor, say favor, can be established in our first fruit. Favor can be established in our first fruit. Proverbs 3.9 says, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Now, 
What does that mean? So in the Old Testament, in Jewish culture, they would plant, they would till the ground, they would tear it up, they would plant seed, they would water it, they would let the sunlight come on it. And, and then what they would do is they would wait for the harvest to come. Now, I know many of you don't farm land, okay? So they would have to wait a while and the plants would start to come out of the ground. And as they waited for the plants to come out of the ground, how many guys know if you worked for it and you put it in the ground and you did it, as soon as it starts to come out, you're looking for the first thing you can get your hands on. Come on, help me out. How many guys order appetizers when you get to the table? because you don't want to wait on your entree. Where y'all at? Appetizer people, those are pre-blessed. You don't have to pray for appetizers, by the way. Okay, so I'm a pre-chip believer. Okay, so, uh, but we, you, so appetizers are pre-blessed, all right? But, but how many guys know when the appetizer hits the table, I'm not really interested in sharing that. I know we ordered it for everybody, but by everybody, I mean me. Right? So, so in the appetite, why? Because it's the first thing hitting the table. That's why we all go to Mexican restaurants. Listen, we don't think $20 fajitas is a good deal. We think three baskets of chips and salsa before fajitas are a good deal. That's why we're there. Why? Because we want what's first and we want what's now. And so in the first fruits, they would wait for the crowd to go to the ground. And everything in you is saying, take what's first. And here's what God says. Instead of taking what's first, he says, give what's first. And what they would do is they would go out, they would tie a red ribbon around the first sprouts that would grow out of the ground. They would tie a red ribbon around it, and that's what they marked to be for the Lord and not for themselves. They would bring it to the storehouse, and listen, God said, if you'll give me first, I'll give you favor on the rest. So if you'll give me what's first that comes out of the ground, I'll make sure everything else that comes out of the ground is blessed. And it still works today, but today it's not about what we grow in our fields. Today is about what we earn. And so what we do is we come to the Lord and we say, all right, God, I want to give you our first fruits. But here's what you need to understand about favor. This is important. Favor isn't about wanting something from you. Favor is about wanting something for you. God doesn't need something from you. He wants something for you. If he knows that He's your priority. If he knows that first fruit goes to him, he'll take care of blessing the rest. And so what we at TC, we practice a first fruits offering. We only take two special offerings every year, first fruits and legacy. And our first fruits offering is coming up on April 2nd, 2023. And so what we're doing on April 2nd, that's going to be a special offering where we invite everybody to participate. And here's what we say. You ask God what you should give in that. We don't tell you what to give. Now, we have a practice we do as a family. As a family, we come in, and, and as a team, our team does this, we give one week's salary to the Lord. And we're saying this is the first season because we're coming into spring. This is our first season of the year. And, God, we're going to give to you a first fruit out of what we've earned this first quarter. And from that, God, we're looking for you to bless the rest. All right? And listen to me. We've done it every year, and every year God's miraculous favor has been on our lives. And so I want to invite you. I'm not saying you have to give a week. I'm saying you pray to God, let God speak to you what you should do. All right. That's not my role. My role is to invite you into what God says and let you hear from the Lord on the level in which he invites you to do it. Amen. And so, but the cool part is this year, all of our first fruits offering is going into our Imagine campaign. And our Imagine campaign is our three-year campaign because we're raising a million dollars and we're adding 16,000 square feet to this building right here. 10,000 of it is going to be nothing but kids space, right? And so it's going to be absolutely amazing. So 
All the first fruit offering this year is going straight in the Imagine campaign, and uh, we are super pumped about what God is doing in that. So we want to invite you, join us for first fruits, join us for Imagine. You want information on Imagine, it's in the wall in the lobby. But listen, as we give to God out of our first, listen to me, he blesses the rest. Why? Because we're making him first. We've had over $983,000 pledged for the Imagine campaign, right? We've already received over almost $195,000 worth of that to help us build the, uh, the building going out here. So it's going to be awesome. And we're super, super excited about all that God is doing. But when we come in and we go to the first fruits, we see 2 Corinthians 9, 7. This is why when we say you ask God what you should give and how you should do it, right? He says, each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. So we don't try to convince people like, hey, you have to do this. We don't try to manipulate. We show you what God says. And listen, you do what you do with that. And we're just inviting you into the process. I don't know, for me, my, my grandfather, he was a generous giver. My dad was a generous giver. And we've watched our family walk in favor for generations because of that. And I'm inviting you to do the same thing for your family. And so what do we do? We come back to what it says we give. And so favor is established in our first fruit. But listen, we want you to understand that favor is solidified. Say solidified. Favor is solidified in our first tenth. And first tenth is the representation for the tithe. And again, we don't spend, we don't, we hardly ever preach about money around here. But here's what I want you to understand. It's not about finances. It's about favor. And so it's about our first tenth. Favor is, it's, it starts in our first fruit, but it's solidified in our first tenth. In Malachi chapter three, it says this, bring the whole tithe, right? Go there. Let's go there. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven. Wow, that's some serious language from God. First of all, he says, test me. This is the only place where God invites us to test him. He says, test me in this and see if I won't throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing, there won't be room enough to contain it. So God invites us in this process in Malachi chapter 3, where he invites us to tithe. And so tithe in the Old Testament is 10% of whatever you make. Tithe in the New, in New Testament under grace means whatever God speaks to you to give, that's what you want to give. When, now, we still follow the 10% principle as a family, and I still follow it as a person because I think it's a great starting point for what God invites us to do. But when we do it, it unlocks God's favor in our life because he's first, right? Now, some people say, I don't know if I can tithe, right? Only, only. Here's what, here's what many people say. Only tithers can afford to tithe. I say, yes. <laughs> only tithers can afford to tithe. They're like, right, only, tith only tithers can afford it. I'm like, no, 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 no. Only those that tithe have enough to afford it. It's backwards. It's not that they have so much they can afford to tithe. It's they tithe, therefore they have so much. So we got to make sure we get it in the right order and understand how the favor of God is released in our lives. And to help me out with that, uh, I'm, I'm going to bring up Rick. Rick's going to come up here. Come up on stage, Pastor Rick. And so uh, <clears throat> how many guys know you're never too old for goldfish? I don't know what it is. There's never a moment I'm sitting on my couch like, boy, I could go through some goldfish right now. But let a toddler walk by, and I'm like, boy... I could kill some goldfish right now, right? And so this is how tithing works. I'm going to play God for just a second. I just want to give you a visual illustration to help you understand what this looks like. So I'm going to give, I'm going to give old Pastor Rick here 10 bags. Not old Pastor Rick, but just Pastor Rick. Uh, I'm going to give him, 
I'm going to give them 10 back. Hold on to it now. You can't just drop in your blessing now. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to get, get you some help. All right. So I gave him 10 bags of goldfish, right? And so this is what he's earned in his life. Step forward just a little bit. This is what he's earned in his life. And so as, as he's earned it, I'm like, all right, man, this is, so, this is what I tell Pastor Rick. I'm, I'm playing God in this scenario. I say, Pastor Rick, I say, Rick, if you want, you can keep your 10 and you can have that. That's yours. All right. But if you'll give me the first tenth, 10 percent, then we'll lock into a covenant where I give back to you and you give back to me. Are you interested in that? So he, he's going to give me 10 percent. And so I take it. Look, at you're dropping your blessing. All right. So so I, I take it back. I say, all right, because you are faithful to give to me. Listen, I'm going to give you I'm going to give you 10 more bags. Because you are faithful with your blessing. I'm going to be faithful in return with favor, right? I say, now, Rick, are you interested in tithing again? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right, so <laughs> give me those, right? And so now, Rick, since you've done that, now, listen, because you've been faithful with the tithe, I'm going to open the floodgates of heaven <laughs> and, pour, <laughs> and pour. And this is what God is saying. When we're faithful and generous to what he asks, He'll give us back more than we could possibly imagine, right? And this is how tithing works as we go here, and God locks us into that. But here's, here's what we want you to understand. Only tithers can afford it because once you open up the channel of favor, you can walk in that favor for the rest of your life. But hear me, just like with the sushi coupon, if he severs the generosity, what does it do to our connection? It severs the connection. So what do we do? We, meaning us, we keep the connection open by saying, I'm going to keep putting it back so that God can keep giving back, right? Now, the, pro- <laughs> the problem with that is, here's the problem with that for most of us, right? Here, here's the way we approach, most of us approach tithing. I'm going to take 10 of these and I'm going to, actually, you know what, just dump them all in this here box. <laughs> so the way we approach tithing, I'm going to let Rick play God for just a second. He's been waiting on this moment. All right, so, uh, so. I'm going to take my 10, all right? So I got, I got my 10. All right, so now I've got my 10. Now, this is how many of us treat our generosity towards the Lord, if we were, if we were honest, right? All right, God, I got, I got my paycheck. I got what came in. I'm dropping my blessing. I got what came in. All right, so <clears throat> I, I need to, oh, oh no, I got to prioritize. So let me pay, I got to pay rent. I got to pay the car payment. <laughs> I got to... I got to get groceries. Now I got to go. Now we got to go out to eat because now that I'm tired from buying groceries. And they went into the freezer so we didn't thaw anything out overnight. So tomorrow we're doing it again. Three weeks from now, we're throwing away those groceries that went bad in the fridge. Right? But in all seriousness, then there's the car payment and the kids' tuition, and whatever else you have in your life. And what are we left with at the end? And then we go, all right, God, I know I, I want to be generous, but I can't afford it. Well, you can't because you didn't, you didn't give them the first. You're trying to give them what's left. So what do we do? we got to break into the blessing now. Come on. We're going, all right, God. Am I right? And here's what we do. All right, God, but I'm expecting a harvest when my time comes. 
And when I hit hard times, I'm angry at God because he's not pouring back out, but I didn't put enough seed in the ground to create a harvest. You feel me? And so it's really up to me. I have more influence over favor and blessing in my life than I think because it starts with my obedience to the Lord to say, before I start dropping everything else down here, I'm going to come to you first and the whole thing's yours. I'm giving you 10% out the gate and I'll figure the rest out. But the good news is once I've given that, he can do more with 100 than I could ever do with 90. And so we give it to the Lord, and he, he takes it, and he runs with it. And so here we've locked into the blessing. But here's the other thing we need to prioritize when we go back to the, the, the partial, right? Because whatever is prioritized, it's on the screen, whatever is prioritized over the tithe doesn't have a chance to be blessed. So check this out. If I dropped, if I've spent it all before I give God what's his, this is all I have left for God to bless. Let's just strictly talk a, a multiplication scenario. Do you want this blessed or do you want this blessed? If God's going to give you back according to this or according to this, which one do you want God blessing? Whatever remains after you give to God, that's what he multiplies. So if you want this multiplied, only have this left before you start looking at God. If you want this multiplied, start giving God from this and he'll help you figure this out. And that's what it means to tithe. Go ahead and give it up to Pastor Rick and these goldfish. All right, so, so that's what it looks like to tithe. That's what Proverbs eleven twenty four says this. One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give, and he only suffers want. Because how many guys know the more you keep, the more you're looking at you. And the more you're looking at you, you never have enough. And so we have to see how God wants to do it. But some people say, Brad, uh, you know, but tithing is an Old Testament principle. Yes, it was established in the Old Testament. Matthew 23, 23, Jesus is talking, and he's talking to religious leaders. And he says, woe to you, teachers of the law. Let's go there. He says, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. He says, you give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, talking about the tithe. But you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. Look at what he says. You should have practiced the latter, meaning tithing, without neglecting the former. In other words, he's saying both of these things matter. So it's not just an Old Testament thing, it's a New Testament thing. And so we see God unlocking that for us. And so listen, my invitation to you is to join us in tithing. It's not because I want something from you. It's because I want something for you. What was the very first thing I told you when we got started? I want you blessed. I want you blessed. And Pastor Justin is on campus somewhere. He can attest to this. I don't know what a single person in this church gives financially. Not one. So if you give a dollar a week, zero dollars a week, if you pull from the bucket, I'm just kidding. I, I, don't know what you, I don't know what anybody gives in this whole church. Okay, I genuinely have no idea. I can't see it. I don't have access to that information. You want to know why? Because I want to pastor you the same way, whether you make $50 a week or whether you make $500,000 a year. I want to pass you the same way because my job doesn't change for you according to your income. My job is responsible for your heart and your spirit. And that's what I'm going to do. And so this isn't something that I'm trying to pull something from certain people because I don't know. Now, if one of you wrote a million-dollar check, I ain't going to lie to you. I'd know that. All right, I'm going to figure that out, okay? But other than that, I don't know what anybody does at TC because I want to pass you faithfully. This isn't something I want from you. It's something I want, say it with me, 
for you. That's what I want for you. I want to see God do that. And that's why the last thing, and to me the most important thing, it isn't about finances, it's about your heart. Because favor is maintained when we connect to our first love. Favor is maintained when we connect to our first love. So, so let, let's hit those real quick. Favor is established in our first fruits. It's solidified in our first tenth. But hear me, it's maintained. Say maintained. It's maintained when we connect to our first love. And listen to me, that's God. God should be the thing we love more than, that's why we can seek first his kingdom, because we love him more than anything else. When we look at this, Matthew 22, 36 through 7, 37, it says, Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your what? Heart. With all your mind, with all your soul, with your spirit. This is the greatest thing you can do is love God more than you love anything else. And so a testament of loving God, one of the greatest ways we do figure that out is where does he rank on our priority list? Matthew 6, 19 says, Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But he goes on to say, But store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So wherever you put your treasure, whatever you invest in, whatever is first is your priority. Whatever is first, that's where your heart is. So whatever you prioritize, that's where your heart is. Whatever is first, that's where your heart is. So listen to me, the big question for you is where is your heart? John 14, 15 says this, and I've, I've heard this scripture growing up. It says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I always, grew, I always read that, me, like that text, like God, like having a gavel. You know, like, if you love me now, you better keep these commandments. I don't, I don't know why I felt like God was like on step up two or something. You know what I mean? Like you got served. Like, if you love me, you better keep these commandments. But I, I felt like I, that's how I read it. I was like, man, I got to keep these commandments, bro. And how many guys know we're really bad at keeping commandments? Come on. How many of you know God can tell you right now, don't do that. And what are you doing? Oh, no, that looks good. We're really bad rule followers. <laughs> Come on, right? So, like, if you love me, you better keep those commandments. That always had me in this posture when it came to God of always feeling inadequate because I always feel like I couldn't measure up. I got to keep these commandments so I can show God I love them. And I realized not too long ago, that's not, that's not the tone of this scripture. It's not if you love me, you better keep these commandments. It's if you'll just love me, you'll keep my commandments. So if you'll stop working hard to prove to me that you love me, if you would just love me, you won't have to work as hard. You, it'll be a lot easier to follow me if you just fall in love with me. You know what? It'll be a lot easier to say yes to this if you just fall in love with me. If you let me be the most important thing in your life, all this stuff gets really, really easy because it's not been about following the rules. If you'll just love me, I'll help you follow the rules. But even the rules aren't there to shame you. The rules are there to introduce you to favor. The rules are there to help you see, man, there's a life I can live here where I'm not consumed with worry and anxiety. 
about what I can't control, but I'm actually trusting God. That's why it's so important that we understand that God is looking to put favor on our lives. I put it in your notes like this. Heaven is a a no-risk investment account with unending returns on earth and in eternity. When we invest in the kingdom of God, listen, that's an unending investment account where God can pour out favor here and in eternity. So what does it look like? How do we need to do this? Well, I think there's a couple things I wanna give them to you very easy. The first one, I think we gotta stop focusing on more and start focusing on better. Stop focusing on more and start focusing on better. How many guys know you don't need more of something, you need a better version of that same something? Let me help you out for a second. If you make $100,000 a year and you're broke, do you think making a million dollars a year is gonna fix that? Come on, y'all, every one of us knows somebody right now, they got a raise and they're just as broke as they were before that race. Why? Because they didn't need more, they needed to get better. How many guys know if all of your relationships in your life are terrible because you're damaged emotionally, you don't need more relationships, you need to get better in your relationships. Help me out, right? Otherwise, you're just gonna have more people that are mad at you and you're mad at them. Because you don't need more, you need, say it with me, better. And so listen to me, you don't need more of what God's given you. You need to steward what God's given you better and then watch him unlock favor in your life. And part of it starts right here. All right, God, you're first. But that can be really hard. That can be tough. Because I don't know about you, I feel like I am better at directing my life than God is. Now, none of us would say that out loud, but a lot of us think it. We've got good suggestions for God. So at its core, what am I asking you to do? Here it is, you ready? Have more faith in God than you do in yourself. Have more faith in God than you do in yourself. If I tithe, what if I can't pay my bills? Have more faith in God than you do in yourself. If I give a first fruit offering, then we might not be able to go on that family vacation. Have more faith in God than you do in yourself. He'll take care of it. He's faithful. Favor reigns in our lives. And I'm here to tell you today, I don't own three beach houses, but God has given me favor with three beach house owners that I can go to whenever I want. And I don't pay property taxes on them. I don't repair the sink at those. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Come on. I don't got to worry about Airbnbers putting holes in the walls in my property, okay? (laughs) Why? I've got the favor even if I don't own the possession. Why? Because he's a priority. So what I'm trying to show you is you may not know how God's going to show favor on your life, but he will. Because he promised us in his word that if we'll do this, he'll do this. My invitation to you is to put more faith in God than you are in yourself. And if we'll put more faith in God than we do in ourselves, he'll unlock that favor and blessing in our lives because he becomes a priority. It's not about possessions, it's about priorities, right? And so I put it like this, God will either give you favor and abundance for what you need or direction and peace to remove what you don't. Either way, you don't have to shoulder the weight of worry when you're connected to God's favor. That's where we need to be locked into. You say, how do you know that, Brad? I don't, I don't know. How do you know that God's got me? How, 
How, how can I have that kind of confidence? Well, quite frankly, you can be generous to God because God's been way more generous to you. And honestly, it starts at John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave. But it wasn't about dollars, it wasn't about cents, it wasn't about fruit, it was his son that whoever would believe in him wouldn't perish, but would have everlasting life. The reason you can come to God today is because he gave. He gave his son. I'm here to tell you today, if he was that invested in your eternity, don't you think he's invested in your temporary? If he was that invested in what's gonna happen in heaven, don't you think he's invested in what's happening on earth? He says, a bird doesn't even fall from the sky that I don't know about. You don't think I know about your problems? He said, I'm invested in your story. I know what you're going through. He said, come to me with the things I've asked and watch me pour out favor over the things you hadn't even seen yet because that's the God that we serve, amen? Let me pray for you this morning. Father, we thank you. We thank you, God, that you pour out favor in our lives. We thank you that you unlock blessing. You are the ruler of all things. And today, God, we, we're so grateful that we can trust you. We're so grateful that you're better at navigating our life than we are. We're so grateful that you do the things that we don't even know you're doing until it's already done. And so, God, we pray right now, Father, that Lord, as we, some people are there, you're already speaking to our hearts to say yes to you at a new level, in a new way, to put more faith in you than we're putting in ourselves. So God, I pray that you would help us recognize that if we'd be faithful with what we have, God, you'll help make us rulers over much. And so, Father, I pray that you help us see all the ways, God, we can say yes to you, be more faithful to you. And in turn, we'll see you open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you, or we cannot contain. And so, God, speak to our hearts today on how to say yes in a bigger way. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. If you're here today, you say, Brad, I wanna put first things first, but if I were honest, God's not first in my life. If I were honest, I, don't even, I wouldn't even say that God is in my life. I maybe know about God, but I know I don't know God. I know he's not the Lord of my life. And friend, I'm here to tell you that the beauty of the gospel, the good news is that when Jesus died on the cross, he paid for the sins that separate you from God and that separated me from God. And all it takes to be saved is to put your faith, your belief that when he died, he paid for your sins and accept that. And today you can be saved. And if that's you, I wanna invite you to pray this prayer with me and the whole church will pray it with you so you're not praying by yourself. Let's pray. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me my sins. Forgive me my wrongs. Make me whole. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again. So I give you my life. Make me brand new. Give me a fresh start and I'll follow you forever. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. TC, let's give it up for all those that prayed that. Perhaps for the first time we celebrate with you. Come on, awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. If you want to connect with us on Instagram or Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. More information about our church or to contact us, feel free to go to mytc.life. Mytc.life is also where you can partner with us financially, and we would love it if you would consider doing just that, as your financial support is a key factor in helping our content channels grow. 
So I want to invite you to join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. I pray you have a blessed day.